Hello, you gorgeous beings. My name is Felicia Malay, and this is Fierce Gentle, the Courageous Voice podcast, where we reclaim voice, courage, and power through conversations and poetry. I want to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wandry people of the Kulin Nation, that this is and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello, hello, you majestic marsupials. <laughs> we are back for another episode of Fierce Gentle, the Courageous Voice podcast. And this is a bit of a different one. I am not going to be going behind the scenes of a poem, which I would normally be doing on this week. I am going to talk about some other stuff. Um, but I want to begin by celebrating something. Since the last episode came out between that one and this one, we have reached 1,000 downloads. That means that the podcast has been across different platforms, downloaded 1,000 times in the last three months. And I just, I'm just really grateful. Thank you. Thank you to everyone of you who listens to this podcast because I've mentioned it a few times on my socials recently. It's a really different experience. It's a different experience doing a podcast to what I'm used to. I'm used to working in instant social media. That means I write something, I record a video, it's short, it's small, doesn't really involve much editing and it goes up onto the internet and I get instant responses. I get comments, I get likes, I get... Um, yeah, this kind of instant feedback and podcasts just don't provide that. The way that they're set up doesn't give me that. Um, I have a couple of you beautiful beings who do email me constantly um, and I just, not constantly, but you email me with each episode and say thank you and I'm, I appreciate it so much. And for those of you who don't email but are listening, that is, this is what is quantifying for me, whether or not this podcast is working. So thank you for being here and listening. Um, like I said, this episode's going to be a little bit different. I am not going to pick apart a poem. <laughs> um, what I did this week on my socials, on Facebook yesterday, I asked a question of what does it mean to live with integrity? Um, I had a memory come up from a piece of writing I did a few years ago on my Facebook, talk, me talking about integrity. And I was just really intrigued by what integrity means to people because I think it's a word that we throw around a lot. And for me, it means something really specific. And I realise as I listen to and I've read a lot of your responses that it means quite specific things to some of you as well. Um, a lot of people talk about saying when you say you're going to do something and you do it and that is a sign of integrity for you um this idea of doing the right thing even if it's not easy I think that the, the concept of the right thing is so um subjective is subjective the word objective subjective oh, I always get them confused it's the one that's dependent on the person right because right and wrong are so dependent on our ethics and our morals. And I find that summarising something that is already quite conceptual with other conceptual things doesn't really support me. So I'm looking through for your responses for really specific uh, examples and moments and words that define what it is to be in integrity. 
in a world that we live in where there is constantly demands on our morals and constantly demands on our ethics, everything from what we buy in the supermarket to how we react and speak to our loved ones to um, how we vote, like it go, it's, it's so, how we shop on social media, it's all so deeply entangled with, for me, with integrity. So some of the, I'm going to read out a couple of the ones. Um, John, John Inglesos, love you. Uh, to carry who I believe I'm meant to be in both public and private. To conduct myself in a way which is truthful to me and where I'm at while being considerate of others and where they're at. And John uh, really put into words here, like I said, a lot of people spoke about this idea of the public and the private. How I show up externally versus how I show up when I'm alone was mentioned a lot and I find that really interesting. Um, and Kate also said showing up in truth and speaking for justice even when you're the only voice in the room, which again is, you know, is, is similar. It's, it's can we stand up for our truths even, even against adversity? Um, a lot of talk about authenticity and then Tara here um, Hey, Tara. She quoted Brene Brown's definition. Um, so Tara said, I love Brene Brown's definition. Use it in my anti-bias course all the time. Integrity is choosing courage over comfort, choosing what is right over what is fun, fast or easy, and choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them. <sighs> Just Brene Brown seems to hit it with so many, <laughs> with so many things. Um, for me when I've been unpacking integrity, what it means to me is often it means discomfort. Integrity isn't, isn't comfortable for me. Integrity is about me knowing that I can stand by what I've said, that I can stand by what I've done. The whether or not I've said I'm going to do it, I feel like a lot of people use this example of like, you, you say you're going to do something, so you do it. And for me... That's actually not about integrity. That's about doing what you said you're going to do. And I can say I'm going to do something and then realise that that thing is out of integrity. If I do that thing that I said I'm going to do, that doesn't mean that I'm being in integrity at all. It means I'm just doing what I told somebody I would do. And I think especially in this day and age of consent, of really unpacking consent and really unpacking what it means to stand in our truths. That ability to change our mind when we say we're going to do something is like, we need that. We need to be able to do that. And the pressure that if I change my mind, it means I'm not in my integrity is, could be crushing on that. So for me, it's, it's really not about doing what I say I'm going to do, but being able to stand by what I have said and done later. So if I have shared an intimate moment with somebody, for example, this happened a lot in my youth because I was polyamorous and also wasn't really prepared to face what that meant, to face that it meant deep honesty. And so I would put myself in situations with people that I, you know, I wanted intimacy with them. I was attracted to them, but, but maybe that wasn't part of an agreement that I had with my partner. So I put myself in situations that would inevitably lead to some sense of intimacy with those people. And 
I would do it, but I, then I wouldn't stand by what it was that I'd done afterwards. I'd make excuses for myself. And I'd make excuses and lies that even I would believe. Like, oh, you know, we were just, it was t- we were tired and we just started cuddling and then we were just so sleepy and we just found ourselves kissing. And that's not me being in my integrity. To me, being in my integrity is owning what I have done. So saying to that person, I was there with this person who I do have an attraction with and I know that it's out of our agreement to do this, but I did. I chose to put myself in a situation where I could lean into intimacy and I chose to kiss that person in that moment. When we can own our actions, that for me is integrity. Whether or not we can stand by those actions and in fact, even better if we can't. If I, if, I, if I do something that I know later wasn't within my integrity, for example, wasn't within how I want to live my life and who I want to be, the moment I don't stand, but the moment that I stand up against that and voice that, I'm back in integrity again. Yeah, I'm living within my integrity. My integrity isn't about other people. It's about my relationship to myself the post that came up on my on my memories, I'm going to read it out, it's quite short. Um, and actually, funnily enough, it was inspired by that same Brene Brown quote, which I'll, I'll read again. Integrity is choosing courage over comfort. It's choosing what is right over what is fun, fast or easy and choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them. So that's what Brene Brown wrote. And I had written this piece... So, so wonderful, Tara, that you intuited that it was linked for me, my question. But this is what I wrote. What does it mean to live with integrity? For me, integrity means I don't always get what I want. I'm not always right. And I haven't always done it well. Sometimes it's really fucking uncomfortable too. But it also means I create a world around me that my heart knows it needs to see. It means the footprints that I leave are the ones I can look back on without shame and say, yes, I trod there. If you fuck up, if you move without awareness, if you've belittled others or yourself, or if you have acted on impulse with heavy consequences, you're not a bad person. This moment then is an opportunity to choose how you will move forward with fear, shame and hiding or with courage and integrity. Face the person, apologise, love, lay your boundaries down without bending for others, release control when you're gripping too tight from fear. You've got this. And I wrote that in November in 2019 and I look back on it now and it's still so true for me. Um, And it really speaks into how we then treat others when we perceive them to have been out of integrity. And... For me, there is, you know, we have the council culture and we have this real reactive culture at the moment of, like, if someone fucked up, we want to rip them to pieces. We really do. And I wonder if that's because that's what we want to do to ourselves when we fuck up on some level. Like, when I fuck up, part of me wants to rip me to pieces. The shame absolutely takes over me if I'm not careful. But for me... And I have these conversations a lot, right? Because I, I pick apart when I see, like, for example, when I see misogyny or when I see a queer, uh, like queerphobia or like 
Africa, homophobia, I, I, I stop and I pick it apart with that person if I can, if there's someone who is open to having those conversations with me. And what I have to remember and what I remind those people is we all make mistakes. We all do things out of integrity. We all make choices that aren't actually who we know we want to be. And why do we do that? Well, because maybe we're run down and tired or stressed or maybe because we're under pressure or maybe because temptation is fucking temptation and sometimes there's something alluring in the thing that is out of integrity. Um, And I'll speak to that in a minute, actually, if I remember, because that's deeply entangled with relationships and sexuality. But the mark for me of, of, of a person who is worthy of my trust is not whether or not they have fucked up. It is how they respond when that is brought to their attention. Because we all fuck up. But if when it is brought to our attention by ourselves or by someone else, we stop and we lean into that discomfort if it has been brought to my intention that I have been out, that I have done something that is actually out of integrity to me, if I go into defensiveness, if I push away, if I deny it, if I blame others, if I turn the anger or the emotions onto the other person, or if I go into like, you know, the whole white woman tears story, right? If I go into like, oh, I'm such a horror, I've been such a horrible thing, I'm so sorry, you must really hate me, you know, and we put the weight on the other person, that says more to me about me, that says more about me than the mistake I made. Because we are so ingrained. Our, every, every, we have been so deeply ingrained with capitalism, with misogyny, with racism, with ableism, with ageism, with fatism, with all of it, it's so, it's been taught to us. It's been taught to me my whole life. I can't speak for all of you, but it's been taught to me my whole life. It is in me. So I will make mistakes. Even as a queer person, I make mistakes. I use language which is problematic. I forget someone's pronouns. I, you know, I, I, I make mistakes. And I don't think that making the mistake when it's genuinely a mistake or it comes from an uneducated place, I don't think that in itself is the definer of my worth or of my, of my worth for trust and love and care. What defines it for me is how I then rise and meet it when it's brought to my attention. And I found that there are people in my life who I love and care about and we have these moments where one of us, it, it comes up that one of us has done something out of integrity. And when we, and I have to look, if, it's, if that's, for example, okay, here's an example. All right, here's an example. As someone who does date cis men sometimes, it, it would be, absurd for me to expect a cis man who has been raised 
within a cis straight man who's been raised within a cis straight society and given all of the entitlement and privilege that cis straight men have been given, especially cis straight white men, it would be absurd for me to expect that person to never perpetuate misogyny somehow because it's what they've been taught to do. But if I can call that out in that moment and have them stop and think about it and say, oh, that's difficult to hear because there's that honesty. That's really difficult to hear. I feel, I feel the discomfort. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. Thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for telling me that. And then maybe even we lean in more. We talk about it, we unpack it, we discuss it. That's, you know, those are, the, those are the men that I am investing my energy in. Those are the men that I'm investing my time and my love and my care in. The ones who push back, who deny, who fight, who blame me, I don't have anything for them anymore. That doesn't mean you don't have to have things for them. You know, you can go for it. But <laughs> I, I just can't right now. I can't do that anymore. So it's become for me integrity, this measure of integrity, of not are you going to do what you say you've done, of not, you know, do you never make mistakes, but the measure of integrity being when you do something that is out of integrity for you, that is out of truth, that is out of honesty or that is out of out of place, when you realise, when it is brought to your attention by your own heart or by somebody else's, how do you meet it? That for me is, is my kind of measuring stick of how much I can invest in a relationship or a friendship or a dynamic with someone. And, I'm, and to be honest, there are times where if that person, and maybe they're having a bad day, I, maybe they're having a bad day and they just can't meet me there. But it is obvious for me when that happens and I just switch off. I just don't have the time and the space for it anymore. And I think that as when we talk, look at it from privilege and marginalisation, that that is important to be able to do that. It is really important to know when we have hit our limit with something, with a certain discussion or with trying to educate or trying to be the ones that do the work and the unpacking for other people. There is also this conversation, you know, in society that, that it isn't our job. It's not my job as a queer person to educate straight people. It is not my job as a woman to educate men. It is not another person's job as a person of colour to educate me as a white person. And I absolutely stand by that in many ways. It is not my job to do that. However, I can choose to do that when I want to with the people who I think and I feel are going to meet me there. And that has given me such beautiful friendships, such deep connections, people who will have conversations with me. And I feel really blessed. I feel really blessed for those conversations. And this is the fierce gentle, right? It's the boundary of like, I actually will not surround myself anymore battling with people 
who actually aren't ready to own up and be in their integrity. I can't, I can't, I, I mean, if I have to work with them, I have to work with them. If I have to be on the bus with them, I'll be on the bus with them. But I'm not going to invest my love and my time and my energy into those places too deeply. But what I can do is find the people who maybe slip out of integrity like myself. I slip out of integrity. I can have compassion for that and understanding for that. And I can find the people who I feel can meet me in those deeper discussions and really, and, and really find connection through difference and find connection through those challenges. I said something that I would come back to something earlier. I'm just going to take a swig of water. Hang on. What was it? What did I say I was going to come back to? Um, it was something to do with relationships. I'm going to pause and listen. One second. Okay, I found it. <laughs> so I was talking about um, being in integrity and where, where there is temptation and where there is something alluring and how that often comes in intimacy and relationships. And for me, oh, this is a big one. This is a huge one for me because I was definitely a bit of a player when I was younger and I was trying to do it with integrity, but I also wasn't ready. I wasn't able to own my own shit and really admit to myself what I was wanting, which was often much more complex than the binary idea of like one partner and a monogamous relationship or single. It, it was far more complex for that. For a lot of the time I wanted to explore, I wanted to, to connect, I wanted to be juicy with all these people. However, one thing I have learned in my own journey with temptation uh, and with uh, the alluringness of intimacy is that a lot of time that relies on a grey area, on this idea of the grey zone, the grey area. Will we, won't we, should we, shouldn't we, is this okay, is it not okay? And not answering or even asking any of those questions out loud, but just sitting in that grey unknown. Ah, fuck, it's so arousing. But I have learned that for me, it is one of the most dangerous places to play in and it just doesn't work for me anymore. And when I took a stand with myself against being okay with those, with that kind of dynamic, when I decided in myself, I will no longer sit in that grey space with another human when it comes to intimacy, Be just because it turns me on, because it nearly always leads to somebody getting hurt. And so what I do is I just name it. I name it. I'm like, there's an attraction here between us. And I don't necessarily need to do anything about that, but I need to name that it's there. And that became this amazing tester for me because sometimes I would name it and it would turn that other person off completely. And it just wouldn't be there anymore. And other times I would name it and they'd be like, yeah, there is. And we would dance our way around that honesty. 
And we would dance our way with our connection in a way that everyone was able to be in consent with and everyone was able to be in agreement with. And it transformed my relationships. It stopped. I stopped that kind of player, you know, energy, which we get to get talked about, which I don't, for me, I don't think I was intentionally being a player, but it, it definitely stopped that part of me that meant I was breaking agreements with people because I just started, I just would not go to those gray spaces without voicing it. I'd be like, okay, we are here right now cuddling. You have a partner. I have a partner. What is okay in your relationship? What is, what is the agreement in your relationship? What is the agreements in my relationship? And what is the vibe that's between us? Where can we play? Where can we play that is safe? And it's still going to be a bit of a tease. There's still all the juiciness there. It's just a different quality of juiciness. It's not juiciness that relies, that is reliant on danger. And that is that, and the danger, and the danger point is other people's feelings or my own feelings, my own heart, my integrity, somebody else's heart, somebody else's trust. And they just aren't places, they're not things I'm willing to play with anymore in my life. And it has transformed, absolutely transformed how I relate with people. It's transformed my relationships with myself with my partners and with people who I get crushes on. How juicy is that? I get to have crushes on people without it damaging me and my intimacy with others, with my partner or with my friends. And I love that. I really love that. So, yeah, that's my unpacking of integrity, right? So that's integrity... And it doesn't just sit in relationship with sexuality at all. Integrity sits in every area of our life, like... It's in the choices that we make with what we buy, with where we spend our money, with our political decisions. It sits in a parenting choices everywhere. It's everywhere. And it would be impossible to be 100% in integrity in every single choice we make because we are making too many choices every single moment of every single day. Do I buy this piece of technology or not? Do I buy this piece of clothing or not? Do I vote for this person or not? Do I, you know, these questions that we're having to ask ourselves every single, every single day, do I eat this or not? So for me, a huge part of this is actually taking the pressure off ourselves a little bit and being like, you know, there will be times when you act out of integrity. That's okay. You're a complex, nuanced human being. Can you lean in now that you know that? Now that you know that that action, that choice, those words were out of integrity, can you lean in and do something about it? To end this episode there. Thank you all for being here with me. 1,000 downloads. Um, and this was a bit of an odd episode for me I've never just riffed on a topic with you all like this before so let me know if you like it if you've enjoyed it if you're like fleecy shut up get a guest in I want to hear you talking to other people or hell where's the poetry fleecy that's okay let me know let me know what you like 
and I will find a mid-ground between what I want to talk about and what you enjoy hearing because uh, <laughs> I'm sure I will enjoy talking about that too. Um, if you if you like this podcast, if you listen to this podcast, if you like me as an artist even, if you enjoy me as a writer or, or a or poet, if you are the kind of person who would like to take me out for a cup of coffee once a month, please do. And you can do that by joining me on Patreon. Patreon is, if you don't know, it's a platform that allows people like you and me to support artists who do their work. I support people on Patreon as well. Um, And having that support from my listeners, from my patrons on Patreon is really making this thing happen. And without it, I couldn't be doing not just this podcast, but a lot of the stuff that I do would be impossible. So thank you to all of my amazing patrons for all that you do, for supporting me to keep doing what I do. And um, if you do have the capacity to take me out for a metaphorical cup of coffee once a month, please jump over to the link. It will be in the show notes or it's patreon.com forward slash fleecy or you can just search fleecy on Patreon. And that can be that can be one payment a year or it can be monthly payments and it can be as little as $12 a year. So, you know, think about it. Come join me over there. There are other perks. I try my best to give little perks to that community as often as I can. <sighs> okay, beauties, thank you so much for being here and thank you for creating a podcast that now has 1,000 downloads for being part of that with me. You've been listening to Fierce, Gentle, The Courageous Voice podcast, hosted by myself, Fleecy Malay, and music and editing done by Rory McDougall. If there's anything you've heard in this podcast that you like the idea of, check out the show notes below for links. And if you want to see this podcast continuing, please consider joining me over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash fleecy. 